It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, everybody. It's Dave here. Let's bring down the microphone. With another exciting finish to this game. Ha! Here we go, here we go, here we go. It's officially at the two-minute warning. And like, if it wasn't for this defense, we'd have no offense whatsoever. And I'm waiting on everybody to join. Got to get out the tweet. I want to thank everybody. For joining me today, Ron Davell, Nighttime Mime, and Anna. And this show's going to get started right now. Welcome to Vikings First and Skulls, live at the two-minute warning. Next. Hey, everybody. I'm waiting on the first guest to join us. Let's see who that will be. And we're still in commercial at my end, but I'm streaming in a slightly bit behind. We shall see how this goes. Let's switch over to Twitter. And see if Jonas Stark is up and about. He's over in Germany, of course. And we'll have to find out. Oot. As Darren would say. And we're still sitting in commercial. What have you guys thought so far? Mary's here. Thank you, Mary, Mary, Mary. Sweet Mary. Andrew, thank you for joining us. Would have loved to have have it been more convincing. Absolutely. Skull from Garthenburg, Sweden. Hey, Johan, how are you? This wonderful day. 
This could be worse, I guess. I don't know how. And still win. I don't know how. But stuff happens. And we are coming up on the resumption of play. Okay, there's Tyler's. Links are out. Now to get the tweet out, but what do you think of that rookie QB for the Bears? That's pathetic. That we have given up so much in the second half. As you can tell, I'm a little frustrated. This vaunted offense with all those talented players, even with J.J. out, has been ineffective for the most part, most of this game. And why? I don't know. And we have Justin in the green room. Bringing him on. There he is. Justin, the man, the myth, the legend, is joining <laughs> us. It's, not, it's only in my own mind, right? Yeah, well, hey, if that works, it works. Yeah, we'll all need to have a positive so first view of ourselves. Bears with one timeout left. So, and a refresh. Should, the Vikings are up 19 to 3. Trying to run out the clock. Will they? We'll see. Outside of the missed field goal drive, the Vikings had four three and outs uh-huh. out of their five possessions. So, again, can you turn down you know, your volume, Mitch, please? Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Hey. Shout out to Mitch. We got Harley. We got Ron. We got Steven from down under. Welcome, hey, Steven. Steven. What time of the day is it down there, Steven? You got to be in the wee hours of the morning, don't you? Ron. Timothy, you got that right. This game is ugly. Third and fourth no. string running backs for Chicago, too. You got that right, Andrew. Yeah. Backup quarterback, four-string running back. You know, it might be an insult to ugly games to call this an ins- an ugly game because uh-huh. that might be generous. Third yeah. and 11, clock is running at one. Paul says it's gross. One ten to go. So, ah. this, will be, ah, this is something else. It is 7 a.m. where Stephen's at wow. in the beautiful, wonderful magical land of Australia. Where nothing is small. Spiders the size of plates. Oh, God. So this should be loser-proof. There's 48 seconds. The Vikings have third down. So even if they take a knee, that'll run... 42 seconds, then you punt, and that should take 
four seconds. So, yeah, the Bears at best will have one play, assuming we don't fumble, mm-hmm. which is not out of the realm of possibility with this game. No. That's why I would, take an, I would take a knee. I wouldn't hand off here. I agree, Stephen. We need to give more. And again, I get it that Madison is a guy that needs to be lathered up. But yeah, I'd like to see more of Acres at the very least. But here we go. Third down and 11 for the Vikings. Again, they hand it off to Madison. He gets around the right side, picks up a yard. And at the end of the day, there is a differential of one second on the play clock. So literally they could snap the ball and take a knee, and that's the game, ladies and gentlemen. And Jonas is joining us, and why I don't have these guys pre-programmed, that's a good question. No, I don't want jo- Justin there. I want Jonas there. Jonas, how are things in Germany? As you watch this. And you are muted for some reason, Jonas. Five, four, three, two, timeout. No. Let it go. Get the flag. Push him back even further. It's fine. There's only one second left. So you, sp- you, you hike the ball. And that kills the ball. You take a knee. You know, you take a knee. Yeah, you move around and take a knee. You don't uh, even need to move around. There's one second. <laughs> <laughs> Jefferson's on the sideline clapping. That's good. Johan says it's 10 o'clock in the evening there in Sweden. So it must be 11 o'clock in Germany, Jonas. Ah, you're still muted. Hey, the Vikings covered the three and a half for those of you who partake. Um, (laughs) For those of you who partake in the number of 44, by my count, that's 32, if you so partake. Okay. Byron Murphy with the play of the game that sealed it, obviously. Well, speaking of uh, the number 44, Josh Metellus had a great game, I thought. That too. There we go, Jonas. I heard something that time. Okay. We got you. All right. Okay. We got you, Jonas. How are things in Germany? Uh, They got better after after this week because, uh, yeah, um, since the Vikings are kind of doing a little 2020 flashback, (laughs) <laughs> My buddy thought it would be funny to do the same, and what better way to flashback 2020 than catching COVID? So, yeah. <laughs> what was your overall impression of the game today? Uh, really, I I struggled to find word, words for this because uh, it was... It was, this truly looked like a game for between two teams uh, fighting for the number one overall pick. Like the Vikings didn't look like one of the worst teams in, in the league in the first few weeks, but they certainly looked that way today. It's 
it was it was bad on both sides. Uh, uh, on both teams were pretty bad. Not on both sides because the Vikings defense was playing pretty good, but otherwise it was it was a really bad game. It was by far the worst game the Vikings played this season. Uh huh. I. It looked like it. It's just the all the three and outs in the second half was just horrible. All the uh, dump off passes just drove me absolutely crazy. They didn't throw one pass the sticks until late in the fourth quarter, and it was. Oh, you got to be kidding me. And for those that are asking, I'm drinking Redemption Rye because we all need redemption. Looks like that. And But it is what it is. We get the win. We are now two and four on the season. And as Mary says, and like we're going backwards. Apparently, but apparently the the Niners are having break breakdown to two today, like that Brock Purdy breakdown that everybody was waiting for for I would say months because uh, people thought it would it would be their last season, and it finally happened. And yeah, McCaffrey also is hurt, so. I see a lot of people thinking that the Vikings might have a chance next week and it would be like the most Vikings thing to do to just go there and win. Uh-huh. Absolutely no reason. Yeah, could be. Jonathan's talking about joking to be a 12-3 game. It was close, Jonathan. It was close. The offense only scored one touchdown today. Sarah can't, chimes in with, can he even win by double digits against this defense of the Chicago Bears? You're right, Sarah. Sarah, it was pathetic. I was frustrated the entire game. Skull TYA, thanks for joining us, my friend. Thanks for joining us. Sarah says, San Fran will kill our hopes and remind us that we're drafting top five next week. Sarah, that were, that's where I would put my money if I was a wagering type of fellow. I'm sure they'll probably be favored by at least over a touchdown, probably over 10 points. TYA, no, not Jen, Redemption Rye. We all need some redemption, especially that Vikings offense, which was pathetic. Today, that's my word of the day, pathetic. They did manage to keep the win, however, thankfully to the Minnesota Vikings defense, which was opportunistic. I wouldn't call it their greatest game. They had a problem against the run, as we all know, and we face a fantastic running game next week. Yeah, Super Bowl homeboy. Yes, Freddie, I love your optimism always. But like I said about that run game, uh, Christian McCaffrey did get hurt today. So Mm -hmm. the Niners might not have him next week. Mm -hmm. It's called TYA. To answer your question, do I like gin? For the most part, no. I think it 
tastes like absolute dog doo-doo. However, I'm going to caveat that. When I did my Whiskey Wonderland tour on my birthday a couple weeks ago, um, they still, Austin, distills their own gin, and it was quite pleasant. It was unlike any other gin I'd ever had. It was very, very good. Now, would I drink it regularly? No, but it was good. The botanicals they had in it was fantastic. So I was pleased. I was surprised. Now, back to football. We're looking at some of the highlights of the game. Let's see. Alexander Madison had 18 carries for 44 yards and a two-point floor. Yards per carry average. With that, what was your impression of Matty today, Jonas? Mm, I mean, there wasn't exactly much room to work with. Uh, the Bears clearly put more emphasis on stopping the run uh, with uh, while knowing that the best passing game weapon the Vikings have was obviously out, so they did put some more resources into defending the run game, and apparently it worked. And I don't know, uh, I would say Jeff, uh, Jefferson Madison did... Uh, did make it hard for his blockers at times. Uh, I think the biggest part, I would partly blame that Harkinson holding on him because, uh, like, the thing that people don't understand about playing uh, running back is you can set up your guys as a runner. You can peek inside to get your def defender inside so you can get that outside path. So as a, as a runner, you you don't just hit a gap and that's it. You can set up the defensive guys to go in one gap and then hit the other one. And Madison should have done that on that holding call because you have Hawkinson going out and you had that defender clearly peeking outside. So mm -hmm. Madison either should hit hit the gas upfield or at least peak a little bit upfield to get that defender in a better position where Hawkinson can, can block it because he didn't have the angle on it. Yeah. And uh, Madison didn't. He pressed outside. The defender stayed outside. And therefore, Hawkinson was in a bad position and got the holding call. So at some uh, sometimes... Uh, Obviously, uh, the uh, obviously the guy who commit the penalty is going to get the blame for it, but the runner can make it easier for uh, blockers to not get into this position. Mm -hmm. uh, we see Tyler has joined us. Tyler, the real Fordo from Vikings Wire and founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Tyler, what was your impression of the game? Yeah, this team sucks. Um, it's an oversimplistic uh, 
uh, way to phrase it, but you could tell that the Bears defense had little to no respect for what this offense was without Justin Jefferson. The way they were playing coverages, the way they were pressuring the quarterback, they weren't afraid of Addison, Osborne, Hawkinson. They weren't afraid of getting gashed like they were again, like they would be against Justin Jefferson. And it showed Cousins. I want to see the all 22 because I was really pissed at Cousins the entire game. My wife gets home from work where (laughs) she's able to have the like her phone on the game because she's a pharmacist. And like a lot of what they do on weekends isn't really, um, I don't know, like the term is like it's more of like an easygoing atmosphere than it is during the week. But uh, like he just he looked like he had comfortable pockets and he just kept checking it down and checking it down. But I don't know why he was always checking it down, but it felt like he was really locked into wanting to just throw short and not wanting to try down the field. And honestly, I think that's one of the reasons why the Vikings just could not put away the Chicago bears outside of Brian Flores' defense, which was really good today. And I want to watch the all 22 before I make any judgments, but yeah, it was that was ugly football. And I watched some grimy football. Like college football, like I was watching Idaho and Montana last night, San Diego State, Hawaii. I was up to like two in the morning. I watched some grimy college football, and that's all almost always fun, even if it's not good football. This wasn't fun, nor was it good. Like ugly NFL football is just bad. And I mm-hmm. I just and now we have the 49ers coming up next week. Why should I be excited at all that the Vikings are going to be able to do anything against that 49ers team? One of the reasons why they're struggling against the Browns right now is because the weather is bad and Brock Purdy needs really good conditions in order to thrive because of his athletic and arm limitations. He's phenomenal for that system and he's able to operate it really effectively. But if you throw in adverse variables, that is when he's not going to have the level of talent and ability to overcome those things. Well, they're going to be in a dome. So that's not going to be an issue for the 49ers here coming up and genuinely concerned about that game. And like, I'm never going to cheer for the Vikings to lose a football game. It's it would be better if they lost every game from here on out for the future perspective. And I think we can quantify it as this. I'm going to I hope the Vikings win every single game. But if they lose, it's going to be an easy spin because it's going to put us one step closer to getting that potential franchise game-changing quarterback for this team. One that we draft and one that we can develop. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Sarah says she's going to wear a uh, black dress up for a funeral next week. We all appreciate that, Sarah. Got to send pictures or it doesn't happen. <laughs> Freddie. Is a win is a win. Yes, Freddie, a W is a W, and you got to go by W's. In the long run, that's all the counts. You are correct. As Tyler says, you got to put some context to everything. And the context that I'm going to say is this. I said this this morning and on my Thursday show. They are bottom feeders. Going into this week, even the most optimistic people who said the Vikings are the best of the one in four teams. And I say, raise your standards a little bit. If Mm -hmm. I, if I may now, again, our two victories are against the now one in five Chicago bears. And I don't know what the result of the Carolina game was big deal, big deal. They are going to get destroyed unless San Francisco gets bored. So 
I appreciate the optimism from some, but you know, what about this team's performance for this entire season leads anybody to believe that it's just bad luck here and there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's not just bad luck with the turnovers. The execution and the play calling, I don't care which one it is or if it's a combination of both, was pathetic today. The Vikings offense had four three and outs. Okay. You scored a touchdown to just, excuse me, Jordan Addison, blocked PAT, but whatever. And then you have the ball coming out. And what do we always say? The, the 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 double dip of the last possession of the first half and the first one of the second half, and they go three and out. The only drives they didn't go three and out was the missed field goal, which was only six plays, and the final drive where they were just trying to run the clock out. This offense was supposed to be the better part of this team. The second year in the old Connell um, system was going to be so great for Kirk. We were going to replace feeling with Addison and it was going to be even better. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be ultra negative, but this is pathetic. They are absolutely garbage right now. Justin, bravo, bravo. Let, and let me tell you something, the whole m- motif and probably the mission statement of this, uh, this network. And Dave and I have never discussed this, but I think he would agree to a point. Context is always King and, and it's never, it, it's, not never, but it's almost never what you think it is. And like, I don't think the Vikings offensive line played particularly well today, but I also think they didn't play particularly bad either. I think some of it like that, uh, that interception I'm blaming completely on, a, on the protection call because there is no way you should be sliding protection to the right. When you have uh, three bodies over there to block two and like they should have slid that uh, to the left side, and then Madison wouldn't have to step up and take on that that blitzer. And should Madison have handled it better? Sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But why are you putting him in that situation when you blatantly don't have to? When all you have to do is slide the other way. And those little nuances are such a big deal. And that's why context always matters. Like Kirk, I'm not blaming him for that interception, unless you're going to blame him for that lack of protection call. And in that case, it's his fault. But just the actual play itself, how he handled it and how he was trying to let the ball go and, you know, stuff happens. But it's whoever is to blame for that protection call. To me, it deserves blame for that interception. And context means everything. And that's why you you see people like spouting off like different analytics and stuff. And I'm like, okay, 
well, what's the context? Like, what are the guardrails? Like, we can't just be throwing stuff out there without like being able to provide any form of explanation. And that's how people will run with things and be like, oh, but it's this, it's this, it's this. Well, well, do you understand what that means? Well, no, like context means everything. And that's why we try to bring it to you every single time. So I appreciate you mentioning that. Well, I'm just going to say this. Oh, you go ahead, Jonas. I'm sorry. The thing is, um, you talked about the protection call and we have talked about protection calls and them struggling to counter the blitz uh, and stuff like that for, I don't know how many years, pretty much <laughs> the whole Kirk Cousins era, because uh, it's, it's been a, a constant issue since then. And at some point, Kirk is the one part that st- stayed the same over that whole time. And at some point, I don't know. I th- I think he is really struggling with that, apparently, and it keeps happening. So I don't know. I don't know. It's it's hard to uh, to really put it on him because uh, nobody no always knows who made that protection call. But since he's been here, it's been a constant issue and. Like, if there's only one factor that stays the same while everything else has changed, at some point you can't get around that. The phrase you're looking for, Jonas, is he is the common denominator, okay? People who support Kirk, no matter what, will say, well, Washington didn't do a good job of putting an interior offensive line in front of him. Great tackles, but not a good interior. Wait, wait, and wait. Then hold they, on, hold on. they had a good interior. I'm saying like, that's what they'll tell you. I didn't say I agreed with it. Oh. <laughs> gotcha, okay. And then they will say that both Rick Spielman and Quasi Adolfa Mensa have done a terrible job of putting an interior line in front of Kirk. And to Jonas's point, Kirk is the common denominator. I've said this on my show that quarterbacks like Tom Brady. Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. Again, those are all Hall of Famers. I get that. But they had a tendency to make their offensive lines better because if they had to miss a game, the backup quarterbacks, oh, man, showed you what those offensive lines really were. I think Kirk is the inverse where he might make his offensive lines look worse than they are. That's just a guess on my part. But after however many years he's been in this league, to your point, Tyler, about protection, who is that on? Is that on the center? Is that on Kirk? Is that on the offensive coordinator? Because if it's happening every week, it's not just bad luck or, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts. At some point when it's the same stuff over and over again, it's no longer the, oh, gosh, well, stuff happens. If it's happening over and over again, it's not that anymore. You're muted, sir. Oh, no, now Tyler is muted. Yeah. Um, there you yeah, go. Uh, yeah. So the I would actually, if I, was in the room, if I was in the room today, I'd want to make, ask that question. Be like, on that interception, Madison was designed to uh, pick up that free rusher, but you had the protection slid to the right and you had three guys against two linemen. Why was that not switched to the left? Who was responsible for that call? And why was that call made? Why, why weren't they sliding to the right? And, try to get some form of an answer because uh, you've had centers in the past do all the protection calls. You have quarterbacks mainly do them. 
but it it's truly difficult to place complete blame on whose fault it is that's why i just said whoever made the protection call is to blame because i I genuinely just don't know i would assume it's kirk because most quarterbacks do handle all the protection calls unless you're a special center like i know jeff christie for the vikings handled a lot of protection calls but you have the majority of quarterbacks nowadays are doing that especially because they're running a lot more plays out of shotgun and they're able to see a little bit more because they have Mm -hmm. a much more wide view of what's going on but it's one of those deals. I see Dave shaking his head, and I know back in the old days, centers ran most of the protection calls, but I think well, as the game has evolved, a lot of that has shifted. It's not even that. No, back in the old days, quarterbacks would call them too. That's that's not the issue. I've heard reported numerous times that Bradbury makes the calls, that the center for the Vikings makes the calls. Kirk Cousins does not. Kirk Cousins can veto or change the call. But he does not make the call. He leaves it up to the center. And they've run it that way since he got here. And yeah, he is the not the is, one that takes that responsibility. But the thing is, when you do stuff like that, when you say the center calls the protections and the QB is responsible for changing them if he sees something differently. And uh, that's still on Kirk because he has the final say. He is the one who decides if they stick with it or not. He is the one who is going to see the full picture. Like Tyler said, he will see more of the defense than Bradbury is going to see. And that's why you do that, that you basically let the center call it, but then have the QB, uh, but then give the QB the right to veto it. And apparently, I don't know, they, however, they are doing it. They are doing it wrong, and it's been a an, a constant issue for so many years. At some point, you have to change something about that. And another thing, uh, what Justin kind of mentioned, um, quarterbacks over their careers usually tend to carry their pressure and hit rates. Like... Of course, they are slight changes if you have a better or worse offensive line, but usually uh, the pressure rates and the hit rates on QB stay pretty similar for a lot of quarterbacks uh, throughout their careers. And Cousins has been consistently like one of the uh, most most frequently hit QBs and at some point that's on him. Mm-hmm. Totally. That'd be an interesting stat to dive into. If some advanced analytics types wanted to look at that, I, I agree. That yeah, I, think PF, I, I think PFF did that like a couple of years ago. Uh, I'm not sure if it was, uh, if it was Eric or Timo, but it, it. It, well, it was one of them who, uh, did the study on that and i think it's it's been that knowledge has been around for at least a couple of years now mm-hmm. yeah my worthless opinion suggests that let's say cousins is the greatest qb ever to play the game even if it's pretty clear the experiment in minnesota isn't quite working and it's time to give him a chance for success elsewhere. I think that will happen next year there, MWO. Yeah, I think he's gone. 
Um, I just, yeah. it's hard to see a world where they bring him back, but I will say if they're able to convince him to take a smaller contract and they sign him before uh, his contract fully voids, they can avoid the dead cap hit of 28.5 and it shrinks down to like, I think 10 and a quarter. And then it would just be whatever his cap hit is therefore moving on. So I mean, it's not a no, but I, I highly doubt he's back next year. The only thing I will say to that is we're still talking about Ziggy and Mark Wolf. And Kirk Cousins is the perfect quarterback for what they want, which is stay relevant until late December. So it's- I agree with what you're saying and, and where you're going with it. I'm just saying that until the will show us that they're finally ready to go in a different direction, it's one of those I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, I agree with you. They sh- and I agree with Worthless. This should be Kirk's last year, and that's not a knock on him per se. It's one of those. The roster construction has been mediocre at best in his years here, and whether it is his fault or not, it's it, it, the roster can't be constructed well enough for him to succeed. I don't think Patrick Mahomes would succeed with this roster the way it is right now. Would he be better than Kirk? Of course. But, you know, the roster is what it is. So we'll see. We'll see. So I'll say this and then I got to go because I have a bunch of postgame stuff to do. But the reason why I think that they're like it's different now than it was two years ago is the age of Kirk Cousins. And you have like at a certain point you bring in a quarterback or a head coach to mentor the future quarterback. You have to let them take the shot. And they're not like necessarily like trading him or like moving on, he's a free agent. Like it's, I think it's a different scenario. Plus that the age matters here. Like absolutely, he's going to be 36 next year. And it's an easy, easier conversation to have with a 35 turning 36 year old quarterback than it is at 33 turning 34 when Quasey took the job two years ago. So as, as much as I I get the extrapolation, I I don't think it's a one-to-one comparison at this point because there's so many variables that have changed. And I'm intrigued to see what happens. I'll tell you, um, after watching these college quarterbacks, um, I'm I am sold on 100% on Drake May, and I'm sold on Caleb Williams if you can corral him, because what he can do is incredible. But it's what he can't do that's gonna that could possibly make him a bust in the NFL, and that's that's the inherently frustrating part about him. He needs a redshirt year, and he's never going to get it because he's yeah. going to be the number one overall pick. Uh-uh. So, all right, I got to go, boys. We'll see you tomorrow night, at six p.m. Real Talking about tomorrow night. What are we going to be looking at? Oh, that's a good question. We're going to be looking at this team. I'm going to yell about the fact that that uh, um, intentional grounding penalty was called. That was an abomination to God, right? Um, because uh, CJ Ham was right there, an eligible and he receiver. Was trying to get the pass, like to me, intentional grounding. I think should be like reviewable, and I think that. Like on, on an occasion like that, like come on, you can't call that. You you can't call that. That was absolutely atrocious. And but it is what it is. We're gonna talk about that. We'll talk about the like overall um like recap of the game, talking about like some big talking points. And I'll probably talk a little bit about some college quarterbacks because there were some really, really good matchups this past weekend. Thanks. See you tomorrow night there, Tyler. Take it easy, boys. You too. And oh man, he just mentioned that 
intentional grounding call. Man, I'm like a lot of times I I'm actually uh, defending the officials uh, on a lot of calls because you have some fans yelling who don't really know the rules and a lot of calls aren't nearly as horrible as uh, fans make them out to be and I've been on the field doing this in Germany for seven years now so I do have experience doing this and I do have little different looks on some of these calls and uh, not only if they are right or wrong but also, if they are as blatant as people say while watching it on TV, and who like some sometimes you have to know who was the observing uh, the observing official on that one, who had that key, uh, and from what angle is he looking at that? Obviously, the casual fan probably isn't going to know that, but this one pissed me off like hell. That's <laughs> That's a call, and intentional grounding is a crew call. Uh, it's just it, it's always thrown by uh, the whitehead. Uh, there's no other referee who is allowed to throw that flag, um, but it's a crew call. The whitehead is just there to de determine if the QB was in the pocket and under pressure, and that's just that's the only thing he does. The rest of the crew is there to determine if there was a man near that pass. And like if there's even a doubt, there was somebody in that area. And that thing sailed like two inches mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. off the head of CJ Ham. Yes, CJ Ham wasn't looking, but he is an el eligible receiver. And Somebody on that crew got to see that there's a guy with wearing yeah that the, he's wearing thirty instead of yeah uh, some other number and and, and and even Mattis was in that area so there were two guys with eligible numbers in that area there's no excuse for that call mm -hmm. and we no I'm um, with you I, oh go ahead Dan well, I'm about to say I've got the Niners Browns game. The Niners have a chance to win it with a field goal kick with nine seconds left. Yes, Cleveland uh, took the lead. Uh -huh. Watson missed a guy in the end zone two plays before they kicked it. I mean, like, dude, come on. But having said all that, I'm also one that's like, don't blame the officials when you play terribly. If you play a great game and you get screwed over by the officials, talk to me. But if you play like dog doo-doo, do not talk to me about the refs. In this instance, I agree with you, Jonas. That was utterly Browns pathetic. Browns going to win wide right. You're kidding me. Nope. <laughs> well, if we weren't going to get mollywopped before, we, we are certainly now. are now. Because San Francisco's going to be even more pissed. Uh, I like Jamie's comment. Pretty clear that Chicago called the uh, tank play at the end. Well, I don't know. I don't know, but ugh. oh yeah, I am just seeing that vehicle. <laughs> Me too. But that that was also very close to being blocked. There was one guy. Yeah, it was close, but still didn't matter. This that being said, you know, Greg Joseph. Even though we haven't had 
as many opportunities. You know, today he was on point. Blocked extra point is not on him per se, unless he kicked it really low. But that was just a great yeah, rush was, was by rough. the Bears. Yeah. He did 49. miss a 57 yarder. Right. Yeah. But, you know, 57, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give him that. He hit the, the one, he hit a 51 yarder, right? Yep. Okay. 57 is kind of, yeah, he made his first two. 57 is kind of, eh, I'm not going to blame him too much. But, um, I, I just don't know about this team. I, I really don't. It's, Again, offensively, you do nothing in the second half. The only points you got in the second half was the defense. And I was waiting for the defense to give up the lead to Chicago and for the Bears to stop the offense. And those who support Kirk to no end would have said, well, you were up 19 to 6 and your defense couldn't hold on to that lead. When you have that many three and outs, you cannot just put it all on the defense. They got the scoop and score and they got the final interception. This defense won this game. Period. Mm -hmm. Period. Yep. And uh, Freddie thinks, he says the Niners are favored by seven and a half going into next week as of today. right. I'm surprised it's not closer to more. Well, I'm with that, that's basically a 10-point spread, uh, except the Vikings mm-hmm. are playing at home. Yeah, good point. Very good mm-hmm. point. Yep, you are right. Well, with that, any last words, Jonas? Uh, I would say that game doesn't deserve any more words. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it's really been that bad. And, um, like I'm, I'm never going to root for a loss for the Vikings, but they would have deserved that one. Neither team deserved to win. I'll give you that. Neither team did. Um, <laughs> for me, it's, you know, Congratulations! You won the toilet. You won the toilet ball of one in four teams. The only two teams you have beaten thus far are two other garbage teams. So, I mean, you take a win is a win, and all that other good stuff. But you know, having said that, this this team just utterly makes you infuriated. As I said, you know, neither team deserved to to win that game. Both of them deserved. We just set football back. Okay, <laughs> this game set football back a few dozen years after that monstrosity. Shout! By the way, side note, tonight uh, I'll be on at 8 p.m. Central. It'll be over on Purple Pocket Podcast. Uh, I just put my channel in the, li- in the chat. So if you don't subscribe to Purple and Go for Days, hit me up. I'll be on tomorrow, 8 o'clock Central time for Skull for Days. And uh, it might be a little spicy. I'm just guessing it might be. <laughs> and like Tyler said, we all have the real Forno show tomorrow at 6 p.m. Central live, and it will be an interesting one. We look forward to everybody joining. On your way out, please like, subscribe, ring the bell. And remember, we have a podcast channel where you can get stuff from Justin and myself and other creators that you don't see on YouTube. Just go over to Vikings First and Skull and subscribe on your favorite aggregator, and you can find that content as well. We want to thank you for joining us once again. Vikings win. Vikings win. 
Thank you, gentlemen. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thanks for watching. Please like, subscribe, and ring the bell and share this episode with your friends and even your enemies. We'd love it. Thanks for watching Vikings First and Skull. We are part of the Fans First Sports Network, and we appreciate each and every one of you. Skull. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This has been a Vikings First in Skull and Fans First Sports Network production.